Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter number 3. Look with me at verses 14 through 21. Ephesians 3 verses 14 through 21. The title of the message this evening is A Prayer to be Prayed Every Day. A Prayer to be Prayed Every Day. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through the end of the chapter. Paul says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask, or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. And all God's people said amen to that. Let's bow our hearts and ask the Lord's blessings upon his word this evening. Father, we are so thankful for this precious, precious book, the word of God. It is your precious word. You have revealed yourself to us through it. Lord, you have shown us how to live, how to be saved, or how to please you, how to walk rightly, how to live rightly. Lord, how to be a light, and you've given us a commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I pray that you'd help us to be true to that commission, to be true to the things that you've taught us in your word. Now, as we learn tonight, as we grow, I pray that that would be the end result, that of growth, Lord, thank you for the growth of your church, and I'm thankful for the Eccles family this morning who, who made a decision led by, the, by you to, to, to yoke up and to unite with this local church. Would you continue to allow us to see great fruit, Lord, not only fruit across the ocean and in different places around the world, but fruit here, here in our Jerusalem. Lord, help us to see it, we pray. Help us to be faithful. Lord, until you come and get us, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. In these verses that we just read, we find a great prayer of the Apostle Paul uh, that he offered up to God for the Ephesian believers. And I think it's not only offered up, prayer be offered up for them, but a prayer that I think could be well, it could be offered up for each and every one of us. I think it's a prayer that, that is worthy of, to be considered and looked at and and learned from. Paul was certainly praying for the believers of the Ephesian church. He was praying in specifics about different things, about specific things rather. But I believe the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to pray this prayer and record it for us so that we might benefit from it as well. Again, he was praying specifically for a particular church, but it's recorded in the Bible so that we might learn from it as well. 
Let me ask you tonight, how many believe in the power of prayer? Amen. Amen to that. How many have seen direct answers to prayer in recent days? Amen to that. God answers prayer. God hears when we pray. How many could not even conceive of living in a world where prayer was not available to us? Understand God has given us an access to the throne of grace that is like none other. The world doesn't have this. And the world gets into a mess. They just print more money and hand out more stimulus. When we get in a mess, we shouldn't wait till we get in a mess, but we have the opportunity to come boldly before the throne of grace every single day. And not because we are in a mess, but really to keep us out of the messes. Not to go there when we only find ourselves, and that's a sad thing as well. But to keep us out of the situations we often find ourselves. How many of us know that if I need prayer, that other needs, others need prayer as well? And thrilled that people are praying for you. People have said to us in recent days, we're praying for you. We've gotten some notes in the mail said, we're praying for you. We've received some phone calls, we're praying for you. And we've read... Uh, thank you cards for many of you uh, to others within the church and thanking the entire body for praying for you. I'm thankful for a praying church. Brother Farrell Dowdy says, I'm thankful for a praying church. So am I. Uh, We have seen and we are uh, first-hand recipients of God's blessings by way of prayer. Prayer is an exercise of faith. It's an exercise of faith And it's also a dependence upon God. An exercise of faith and a dependence upon God. In fact, we pray because of our inability. I believe God allows us to have some trials, some hardships, so that he can teach us faith, but maybe also so he can teach us how to pray. And remind us, That we do need to pray. Remind us that prayer is such an important opportunity and something that really helps us and something in a place where we can find the power of God and the work of God in our lives. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your cares upon him because he careth for you. 1 Peter Five, six, and seven. I'm glad that we have a place to cast our cares, don't you? You know, when we pray, we don't just pray to somebody that has a listening ear, and that's good. Just to have somebody to listen. You ever feel like you just want somebody to listen? I know we as men, we sometimes you ladies start talking and we just automatically start fixing. We always have the the problem taken care of before you start talking and and if you'd let us fix it for you, it would all be done. But that doesn't work that way. That's me being a smart aleck. doesn't work that way. Sometimes you just say, look, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to hear me out. When we pray to God, God, not only does he hear us out, but he's able to fix it. We're praying to somebody who can make a difference. Somebody that cares. Because we have cares, we have the opportunity. We have the, 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 the avenue... Literally to go to the God of heaven that cares for us. So much so that he sent his son to die on the cross. Does Jesus care? Oh, 
Yes, he cares. Oh, yes, he cares. He's shown us that. He showed us that at Calvary. The incarnation. Taken upon the form of a servant. was made in likeness of man. Became obedient to the cross. Even the death of that kind of death. That cross kind of death. Oh, he shows us how much he loves us. The fact that we're here tonight. The fact that we get up each morning and we take that breath. We go to work and we're able to work. We're able to live and to breathe and to have our being. is proof positive that God loves us. And that God cares for us. And he says, come to me. And God invites us. God doesn't get tired of us coming to him. He invites us to do so. There are seven specific prayer requests out of this prayer and I want to touch on tonight and we'll do that I want us to see them first of all there's the request within the request from within he says out of verse number 16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by a spirit in the inner man there's a request for strength from within there's a request for greater faith The first part of verse number 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. There's a request for greater faith. There's a request for abounding love, the latter part of verse number 17, being rooted and grounded in love. I believe that's the love toward others. There's a request for spiritual understanding, verse number 18, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ. There's the request to know the love of Christ. There's the request to know the filling of the Spirit. In verse 19, the latter part. There's a request for God to be glorified in us as well as in the church. These requests, I think, would be good things for us to pray on a regular basis. These things are things that are worthy to be asked of God every day in our life as our day begins. Paul offered prayer for the church at Ephesus. He offered prayer for the church at Ephesus. And we go back to verse number 13. Um, We see Paul talking about, verse 14 rather, we see him, he says, for this cause, for this cause. He's offering up prayer and he's saying for a specific cause. Now what's the cause that the Apostle Paul is talking about? For this cause. What's the cause that he's dealing with? Well, really the cause, if we want to know that, we have to back up a little bit for this cause. So it tells us that we'll have to go back and see what he's talking about. What's the cause that he's talking about? Go with me to chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and we'll begin to see the cause for which Paul is praying and for which he's thankful. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God. Boy, if you've not marked in your Bibles that those two words, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. 
By grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What's the cause that Paul's praying about? I believe it's... The cause of salvation. It's the cause that God came to this earth to save a wicked, wretched sinner like me. That's the cause. That gives us reason to pray. That gives us access to praise. The cause, because God saved us. Certainly good reason to pray. But not only is the cause is in our salvation, but the cause is also that of the New Testament church in the making of the New Testament church. This is also the cause. Of course, the believer is the one that makes up the New Testament church. But we see the, the inner workings in God's plan for the New Testament church in chapter 2, verses 16. Look what he says. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. He's talking about Gentile and Jew. He is tore down, broken down that middle wall of partition. And he's brought together. This is a mystery that Ephesians talks about. It's a mystery that God has revealed. It does not remain a mystery, but something that God has revealed. And he's, he's brought together, made one body. And how has he reconciled us? How has he brought the church together? By the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off. And to them that were nigh. That's Gentile, a far off Jew that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners. But fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And are built up. Excuse me, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom also we are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. What's the cause that Paul starts out talking? What's the cause that he mentions prayer for? The cause of the salvation of the saints and the cause of the establishment of the local church, of the New Testament church. For this cause, he says, the cause is the, it has, what has begun, the cause is that it continue. The cause is the continuation, the growth of the believer as well as the growth of the New Testament church. How many believe that God says we need to grow? As newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. How many believe that the local church ought to grow? When the believer grows, the local church grows. So it's the establishment for this cause, what has been established, the believer in the local church. Therefore now the prayer is that both of these begin to grow and, and to flourish. 
and again to bring forth fruit and to reproduce. The prayer was made in reverence and in humility. Therefore, I desire that you faint not. Excuse me. Go back to uh, verse 14. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father. It was a prayer that was offered in reverence and humility and dependence. It was a prayer that was made unto the one that could make a difference. We mentioned that just a few moments ago. He mentions it again in verse number 14. I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one that could make a difference. I remind us, and we've been reminded this morning and even again this evening, and I remind us again that with God all things are possible. So he's praying to one by whom all things are possible, the God of heaven. Not praying to some stone, not praying to some carved image or idol, not praying to the moon, not praying to the stars, not even praying to Mother Earth, but praying to the God of heaven, the God of creation, the one that can make a difference, the one that spoke everything into existence and holds everything into existence. And prayer means, this prayer, this opportunity means that I have immediate and direct access to him at every moment of the day and night. Immediate access to the God of heaven, the God of creation, at every moment, all day long, as well as all night long. No appointments needed for prayer. Isn't that good? You'll have to come back next week. We're a little busy right now. No appointments needed for prayer. No referrals needed for prayer. Immediate access into the throne of grace. Verse number 14, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he mentions that. But he also mentions that he's our Father. The Father of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. To be born again is to be brought into the family of God. And God is our Father, our Heavenly Father. We all have an earthly father. We got here into this earth through an earthly father and an earthly mother. We get to God's heaven through a Heavenly Father, through His Son Jesus Christ, who provided and made that way of access available to us. Romans 8 and 15. Ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry... Abba, Father. So there's the, the cause of prayer. Salvation, the establishment of the local church, and now the cause of prayer that these things that we, that the church may grow. Let's look at the requests that have been made that the Apostle Paul mentions. The request. First of all, I mentioned it. There's the request for strengthening in the inner man. Verse number 16, the request for strengthening in the inner man. This strength strength comes by way of the Holy Spirit. And this strength is found only in relation to our yielding to the Holy Spirit. You see, the believer has the Holy Spirit indwelling within us. We don't get a partial tasting of the Holy Spirit. We get all the Holy Spirit when we get saved. We don't grow and do as some teach around us these days that you get to a certain point, you've reached a higher echelon, and now once you're speaking in tongues or doing something along these lines, uh, that you've now 
reached a higher plane of the Holy Spirit indwelling within you. No, no, no. When we get saved, we get all the Holy Spirit. We get all the Holy Spirit. And all the power of the Holy Spirit is there for us. Strengthened. Strengthened as we are yielded to Him. He strengthens us. And, and I think maybe so oftentimes when we feel so weak in the inner man is the time when we find ourselves not willing to yield. The idea of strengthened is to be made strong, of course. It's that of enduring. It's that of courage. It's that of boldness. It is the inner man that is the first and it is the inner man that is the place where man in discouragement, man in trouble, often first gives up. It's in the inner man. The inner man says to us, give up. It's not worth it. It doesn't work anymore. We become weary and well-doing. What's the use? It's the inner man that starts to say these things to us. It's the inner man that needs the strengthening. How is it strengthened? With might, by the Spirit. That word might is the same word we find as power. It's the Greek word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite from. The power of God, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's the same word. The power strengthened in the inner man by the Holy Spirit with His incredible power. That's what he's dealing with. That's his prayer request. What a prayer. God help me in the inner man. Lord, my inner man is talking to me about all sorts of things. God, I need some strengthening in the inner man. It is in the inner man that we deal with temptation, that we deal with sin. It is in the inner man that we deal with suffering and we deal with pain. It's in the inner man that we deal with grief and trials. It's in the inner man that we deal with fear and disappointments. We deal with problems. Listen, we need God's strength in the inner man. Because that's where we're dealing with them at. We need God's strength. What a prayer. God, help me today in the inner man. Strengthen me with your might and with your power. As I deal with these things, as these things come into my path day in and day out, the resource is power. The resource is power. The source of the resource is the Holy Spirit. Colossians 1.11, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Isaiah 40 and 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Well, I need some strengthening within the inner man. Do you find yourself in that kind of category often? I sure do. First request, God strengthen me with your might in the inner man. Second request is a request for greater faith. Greater faith, verse number 17, verse part, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. God help me to have a greater faith. Notice the word dwell there, there at the first part of of the verse, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. The idea of dwelling is a place of permanency. 
where it's permanent. Nothing temporary about that. That Christ may dwell permanently as the king and the ruler of my heart. God, help me today as I begin this day. God, give me your strength in the inner man. And as I'm going along, God, give me the ability to trust you by faith. May you rule and sit upon the throne of my heart. Dwell there. This is not an issue of assurance of salvation, understand. That's already been settled. Once someone said, we're kept by the blood of Christ... We're kept by the power of Christ, saved by the blood, kept by the power. We don't lose our salvation. This is not an issue. Paul was not saying, Lord, keep me saved. He didn't need to do that because God keeps him saved. And he keeps you saved if you've truly been born again. It's not an issue of loss of salvation. That's already been settled. It's an issue of Christ, not an issue of Christ holding on to me by way of salvation. But it's an issue of me holding on to him. In fellowship, in dependence, in every area of my life, we are safe within the Father's hands, and no man can pluck us out of that. But to realize that, and to reckon ourselves to that, nothing can take me out of the Father's hand. And anything that comes my path, anything that comes in my direction of living, God has allowed it, but not to destroy me, but to build faith into me. So God, as I begin this day, I ask my request is I may strengthen an inner man. I'll face some trials and I'll face some temptations. Lord, help me. Strengthen me by your spirit in the inner man. God, strengthen me by faith. It's allowing Christ to permanently control my life. It's the overwhelming presence of God living in and through me by faith. Even in the hardest of times, God's still living in and through me. And I trust Him by faith. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Sounds like a song we heard someone recently sing. There's a request for strengthening the inner man. There's a request for greater faith. Thirdly, there's a request, request for abounding love. I believe this is abounding love to others. The latter part of 17, being rooted and grounded in love. Boy, if God would, if we could allow God to, to root us and ground us in love, our lives would be different, certainly toward others. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We all know the passages very well. Let's take a look at them. 1 Corinthians 13 verses verses 4 through 7. God, as I begin this day, as I start out this day, Lord, my request is that there would be abounding love in my heart toward others. What's this love look like? What does this day begin out? How does it bear itself out? How does it flesh itself out as we go through the day? 1 Corinthians 13 Verses 4 through 7. Charity or love suffereth not and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Excuse me, did I say the first part of that. Charity suffereth long. Yeah, it is kind. I did say that. Verse number 5. Doth not behave itself unseemly. 
Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. God, as I begin this day, would you help me to have that abounding love in my heart that as I go through the day that these things would be evident in my life. Lord, help me to do this. Help me to live this way. Help me to respond in these ways. Boy, what a worthy prayer request. Request is for love abounding. There's a request, fourthly, for spiritual understanding. For spiritual understanding. If we go back to our passage, Ephesians chapter 3, that verse number 18, that we might be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the, the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height? Comprehend. There's a request for spiritual understanding. I believe this is dealing with spiritual judgment, spiritual discernment. You know, I, I, I see people all the time that and I meet, and they, although they've been in church for years, they seem to have little or no spiritual discernment. They can't see through the things, through the, through the trickery and the lies of Satan. They can't see that where this sin would lead. Because, because of dabbling in this where it may take an individual or a family. No spiritual discernment. And so the prayer request here is for a spiritual understanding. The ability, the ability to practically apply the Bible to my everyday life. This is how the Bible fits here. This is a Bible principle that fits here. This is a verse that fits here. Well, what about this one? What about that one? Well, let's go to the Bible and see what the Bible has to say. A request for spiritual understanding. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Look at that with me. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verses 9 through 12. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 through 12. But as it is written... I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. He teaches, he shows, he opens up, he gives light. Verse number 12. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. There's that prayer for spiritual understanding for spiritual discernment. God, help me as I go through the day. Lord, help me to know how to apply your word to this circumstance, to this trial, to this trouble, to this decision that I have to make, to this job, to this employment, to this family issue. Lord, help me to have the spiritual understanding to know how to apply the truth to this. God, help me here. The request for strengthening an inner man for greater faith, for love abounding, for spiritual understanding. And we go on next, there's the request, request number five that he mentions here, that I might know the love of Christ. 
that I might know the love of Christ. We go back to verse number 19, the first part. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth all understanding. To know the love of Christ. Listen, I said it earlier. Don't ever doubt the love of Christ for you. Don't ever doubt. When we begin to doubt the love of Christ, we have given place to the devil. Don't ever doubt the love of Christ for you. I love the song that we often sing. I appreciate Andrew every time he leads us in it. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made where every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, I shall forevermore endure. It shall forevermore endure the saints' and angels' songs. Don't ever doubt the love of God for you. Please don't do that. Romans 8 and 35. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations, distresses, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Paul goes on to say, nay, In all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. You see, the love of Christ is not based upon whether or not things are going well or not. The love of Christ is not based upon the circumstances that we find ourselves in. The love of Christ is constant. He is love. The Bible tells us that God is love. So many times we base his love based upon our circumstances. Let's not do that. God may allow us to go through some difficult circumstances so that we may truly understand and know His love. It's a request that I may know the love of Christ. And I believe not only to know the love of Christ for us, but I believe to know the love of Christ to a lost and dying world. God, help me to know your love. The passion that you had as you were on the cross and saw a, a world that so desperately needed it was on its way to hell. And you came and did for man what man could never do for himself. God, help me. Give me that burden for lost people. God, help me to know your love. Request number six. He mentions it out of here. His request that we might know the feeling of the Spirit. The latter part of verse number 19. That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. That we might know the feeling of the Spirit. The feeling of the Spirit results in the fruit of the Spirit. God, as I begin this day, help me to know the feeling of the Spirit in my life. Help me to walk in that feeling of the Spirit. What does the fruit of the Spirit look like as we go through this day? God, help me to know the feeling of the Spirit so that I may have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Chapter 6, verse number 18. Be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be ye filled. With the Holy Spirit. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. To live in that feeling of the Spirit today. Verse number 20, I believe, is an encouragement to pray these specific things. It's an encouragement to pray. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. An encouragement to pray for these. God is able to do what we ask. That ought to be an encouragement to pray. God is able to do what we ask. 
That ought to be an encouragement enough to pray. But he goes on beyond that. He says, not only is he able to do, but he's able to do exceedingly. This goes beyond what we're asking. This goes beyond the request. This overcomes all obstacles that might be in the way. We would look at a situation and say, God, we're praying, but boy, this mountain is in the way. And uh, God, I don't know how in the world it ever work out. God's able to move the mountains. Exceedingly, nothing stands in the way. That ought to be an encouragement to pray. Abundantly, uh, to overflowing. Not overflowing one time, but continually overflowing and overflowing and continue to go and go. God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. I don't know how to express that than simply to say that this is the third level of out of sight, wondrous praying. This is the out of sight level. You can't even imagine it. Can't even consider it. You ever sit there as a maybe as an adult or remember as a kid, you you watched the balloon and you watched it go off into the sky, and you sit there and you sit there and you sit there until you couldn't see it no more, out of sight. I believe this is the encouragement to to keep on looking to God and keep on looking and trusting Him. The out of sight kind of praying. It's greater and above all that we could ask or think. This is God's ability to do. It's an encouragement. God's able to do this. It's going beyond. But understand, not only is it going beyond, but it's downright personal. Downright personal. Let's read verse 20 again. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all we can ask or think, according to the power. Notice that phrase, that worketh in us. It's personal. God's able to do exceedingly abundantly, out of sight, above, beyond. But where does he do it? In us. The power in us. God, as I go, as I begin this day, Lord, may I see those great works. And Lord, may you work those things through and in my life that worketh in us. The encouragement to pray. And lastly, and we're done, notice with me the last request to pray every day. Verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. What's the last request? Lord, as I go through this day, as I begin this day, would you be glorified with my life? Lord, I want you to get the glory. It's not about me, but it's all about him. To God be glory in the church. Oh, if God's not getting his glory in the church, there's something... Really, really wrong. Because God's not getting his glory through us in our lives. There's something tragically wrong. Through Christ Jesus. That's Christ living in us. Throughout how long and when does it start and when does it end? Throughout all ages. World without end. God, you get the glory for everything that takes place in my life today. Seven prayer requests for everyday living. I think it'd do us good to pray these things on a regular basis and as God works in our hearts as God changes us and molds us into his image certainly he is glorified that's the goal is he glorified in your life is he glorified in my life
Oh, I want him to be, don't you? And let's let him fulfill these things in us. As Paul prayed to those early Christians, as he prayed for them, let's also ask God to do these very same things in our hearts tonight. We need to trust him in a specific area. We need that prayer of faith. We need that prayer of filling of the Holy Spirit. Walking in the filling. I encourage you to reach out to him tonight. The cause of prayer. There's a great cause. Let's reach out to him and allow him to touch our lives and make a difference. Let's bow in prayer.